I'm Dan O'Donnell. Welcome to The Difference. Alongside the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Stop me if you've heard this one. Another rate hike by the Federal Reserve. As we are now, as we record this, a week and a day from midterm election day. We're in the middle of earnings season. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is having one of its best months since 1976. But it's still down, what, 9% for the year. This contrasts with the S&P 500. The NASDAQ, of course, has really been hurting with how tech-heavy it is. A lot to talk about this week, Dave. Yeah, there's no question. You nailed a lot of those topics that, of course, that everyone is looking at. And let's just start from the top. The PCE indicator, which is the Fed, they look at this personal consumption expenditure, still up 6.1%, so too hot for them. So they're going to stay on it. So we're going to see 75 basis points this week and, of course, followed up by some Q&A that the Fed chair will take. And then, again, on December 14th, we'll see another rate hike very likely. So 125 basis points is the number that is being estimated by the market on top of what we've seen already. Now, when you see those kind of rate raises from a zero, because we had what was called a ZERP, a zero interest rate policy, that will have a dampening effect on the economy because it lags and it's going to lag into 2023. So we will have a significant slowdown in 2023. And that's really when the pain is going to be felt. And the other part of this is what's really sticky, and we've talked about this, Dan, is wage inflation. And, of course, wages continue to go up because people, you know, firms are paying more to get people. Some firms we've talked to are raising their starting wage by 30 or 40 percent just to get those folks. There's 11 million job openings right now, but only 6 million unemployed workers. And so that imbalance is going to take a long time. And Dan, it may take a much longer than we think, certainly more than 2023, because you've got these demographic changes with the baby boomers retiring. And of course, immigration is down from where it was before. So those two things have an imbalance in the employment market. Yeah. In a related story, I'm going to actually need 30% more money to continue to do this podcast. <laughs> but it is what's interesting, Dave. Is, well, congratulations, by the way. I haven't talked to you. Congratulations oh, yeah, on yeah, your there new was, gig. It's a big deal. There yeah. was there was some big news for those who listened to the radio station, News Talk 1130 WISN in Milwaukee. Uh, Mark Belling, the legendary afternoon host, who I have said forever is the best local talk show host in America, signed a new two-year contract extension. But as part of that, and I think he certainly earned this, he is going to take three out of every four weeks off from January through May every year. So Mm -hmm. January, February, March, and April of 23 and 24, and then, you know, we'll I guess, reevaluate what's going on after that. He's going to be off. He's going to be enjoying the fruits of his decades of labor. And I'm going to be in and doing two shows a day. So if you're not sick of me yet, by May 1st, I promise you, you will be. But in all seriousness. I won't. I won't. All these podcasts and all the stuff we do together is great. Well, you know, thank you, Dave. In all seriousness, it is uh, an absolute joy working with you. I mean, the fact that you're able to make some dry, 
dense material like Federal Reserve rate hikes and economics sounds so interesting is a testament to your skill as a broadcaster. And in fact, I look forward to when I'm filling in for Belling, hearing your four o'clock report because it is always something incredibly interesting. So, well, because it affects individual people, Dan. I appreciate it and thank you for saying it, but it affects everybody. And when I talk and I do our show, I certainly try to imagine who's on the other end of that radio and can you take something which is truly complex. I mean, the PhDs that are employed by the Federal Reserve is like 400. And you take all of that and say, how does that affect me at the grocery store and the gas station? That's really what we're trying to do is trying to boil it down so people understand what the heck is going on. Well, and the reality is, Dave, is that for the overwhelming majority of people, I mean, wage hikes are very real. And this is to attract the best and the brightest. But for those of us who are already in our careers, even though some of those starting salaries or mid-career salaries are so high, you are still in a scenario in which wages are not keeping up with inflation. People Mm -hmm. are paying so much more than they were just two years ago for everything. The fact that money, because of all of the Fed rate hikes, is just so much more difficult to get. We're really- you know, and one of those things, Dan, let me just jump in. One of those yeah. things that, that you're going to see out of that, of course, is the popularity of the president. And that's I'm kind of throwing you a lob here, but the <laughs> popularity of the president is down in one part because of oil prices are up. And despite all of the releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which are enormous, right, trying to keep oil prices down, that's not everywhere in the country. And on the West Coast, they don't use some of that. They use a different crude. And so gas prices on the West Coast are significantly higher than they are in the Midwest and in Texas and other places. So um, the political minutia that is happening there needs to be played out. And I think we're going to see it next week at the elections. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to take that love and I'm going to throw it down like Giannis Antetokounmpo here. We certainly are going to see that. And it's not just that people feel as though the Biden administration administration is somehow responsible for higher gas prices, for uh, higher cost of living, they know that it was a deliberate policy decision, especially the $1.9 trillion stimulus, that it's sort of like we just came off of Halloween. And I would normally use my kids as an example, but I actually, late last night, last night was trick-or-treating, so Sunday night. Uh, didn't really have dinner. You know, we had a couple of parties and all of this stuff around trick or treating. So I didn't really just say, eat. Just say junk. Just say junk. Well, maybe? I did right before I went to bed. Right. Kind of got into my daughter's candy. I was sort of like a foraging <laughs> raccoon. And long about two thirty in the morning, I woke up and I'm like, "Oh my goodness, where are the tums?" It felt great as I'm gorging myself on Reese's peanut butter cups, just like the stimulus checks felt great as we're getting $400 for essentially nothing, right? But with an already recovering economy, with people just starting to get back to work, and that combined with enhanced unemployment, we saw inflation go from, what, 1.9% on January 20th, 2021, to about 5.6% the month after the stimulus package was passed. Right. The economy overheated. We haven't had year-over-year inflation under 7% since, I believe, November of last year. That's 12 straight months of record high inflation. And the voting public 
understands. Remember, Jimmy Carville said all politics, or excuse me, he said it's the economy, stupid. Tip O'Neill said right. all politics right. is local. And local. Well, right. I've, I've sort of adapted that and said all politics is personal, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. an economic issue or whether it's something that affects you personally, people are overwhelmingly likely to vote on how they're feeling at a particular moment. Right now, people may have gotten a raise. But when you're paying, you know, $1,000 more to heat your home, when overall inflation costs are hitting you four and $5,000, so your personal budget is that much more extended, your savings are down. Not only are you unable to put as much into your savings accounts or your retirement as you were, but your net worth has dropped significantly. I don't want to get into my own personal finance, Dave, and I'm sure you're feeling this too. I am not nearly as well off as I was on January 1st of this year. The wealth effect. It is. You know, it's – and obviously, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm especially concerned because I'm 41 years old. And God willing, I mean, I think I'm going to be doing talk radio for at least a few more years. I'm not going to be forced into an early Well, you've got two years for sure. We know that. That I do. That's a a good point. Because if they fire me now, I don't know what they're going to do for three out of every four weeks come January. But my point is that for people who are at retirement age, and I mean, we're seeing the great resignation boosted in part by the great retirement of baby boomers. You've got some real concern about rising costs combined with a dramatically reduced portfolio or retirement count that now needs to serve as the primary source of income. Right. No doubt about that. And you think about this continued uh, pressure on employment. You and I have talked about this before. We have an office in southwest Florida. They have work for two years or more lined up already. Well, that of course, is demand. And so that is going to be inflationary down there. But there are parts around the country that are going to see that as well. So until the supply demand of employment straightens itself out, and how is that going to happen? That's really going to be a struggle. So I don't know how the Fed is ever going to get it back to their target of 2%. I think that 2% is fantasy. But they can certainly put it back to a more normalized number of 4% in maybe a slowing economy. Unfortunately, Dan, that's really stagflation, and that's what's headed at us in 2023. And that could be a worse scenario, frankly, than a recession, which you go in and pop out of. Stagflation economy could stay around for a long time. And on top of that, you've got, as you just said, how do you fix that? Well, energy is going to have to be at the top of the bill. You said if there is a change in power, which is very likely uh, next week, what is the difference? What is going to change when that happens? And I'd be interested in your response. To what What is going to happen if the Republicans take control? What are they going to do? Well, I think it's less of a question of if than when. The House is Republicans only need to get to 220 seats. They're at 207 right now. So the House is going to flip. That is 100 percent certain. The Senate is sort of less certain because Republicans are playing defense in more states than they're on offense. That said, Rick Scott, the senator from Florida who is heading up Republican uh, electoral efforts in the Senate, just came out and said he's predicting 52 plus seats, that Republicans will retake the majority and they'll probably have a 52-48, 53-47 majority. I actually believe that's likely. 
I believe that there will be a 52-48 majority. I believe Senator Johnson will win re-election. I believe J.D. Vance in Ohio will hold the Ohio seat. There are four straight polls in Pennsylvania, might even be five now, that show Dr. Oz leading John Fetterman after that truly disastrous yeah. debate performance last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, really a, a sad uh, thing. I, I don't want to get too much into that. I believe Herschel Walker will defeat Raphael Warnock in Georgia. I believe Adam Laxalt will defeat incumbent Democrat Catherine Cortez Mastro in Georgia. And I also believe that there is at least a 50-50 chance that Blake Masters defeats Democratic incumbent Mark Kelly. If all three of those seats, Nevada, Arizona, and Georgia, flip, and all of the Rust Belt states, Pennsylvania, Ohio, and Wisconsin, hold— there's your 53-47 majority. I actually believe it's going to be 52-48. I think either Warnock or Kelly will win. I'm not sure which. But if there's, in fact, a big Republican wave, the likes of which Biden's approval ratings would suggest is forming, you may even see Senate seats flip in states that you would never expect, say, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, Uh, Washington state, it's entirely possible. There's at least a puncher's chance Republicans get to 55 seats. I'm not predicting that, but I'm just telling you there's a chance. Now, what will happen on policy? You will not see some of the big spending that the Biden administration has made its hallmark over the first couple of years. The Republican Congress will serve as sort of a goalie, stopping all those shots at raising the national debt and and just spending more and more money. What you're also going to see, I think, and this is my own prediction, someone is going to have to take the blame for what's going to likely be big Democrat losses next week. I believe that someone is going to be Joe Biden, and I would put it as a 50-50 shot that come January – he announces that he is not going to seek re-election. Mm-hmm. Does he turn 80? He does turn 80. He does turn yeah. 80. He would be easily the oldest president. He would be the first president ever to serve in his 80s. I mean, this mm-hmm. is we're unprecedented territory. And yes, I know human beings are living a whole lot longer than they did for most of American history. But I think politically, Biden has been such a disaster. And on policy, his... Uh, accomplishments have been so unpopular because of how they've tanked the economy that there's just no way back from for Democrats other than to sort of throw him overboard. It's all going to be interesting, Dan. There's no question about it, but there are certainly sectors that will do better than others. Of course, if you go into a recessionary economy, staples and energy and, and the like will do better and have been doing better. So that's the reason, folks, If you're hearing this and you think you're not positioned correctly, now is the time to go through this and know what you own, why you own it, how much you're paying for it, and make sure that it's tied to your financial plan so you can get through the next couple of years. And that's why, of course, we urge you to head to AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell. Thanks, as always, for listening to The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. 
The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of the podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice, or a recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.